0: Hello, I am Pia, a married mom of two, who wants to be Martha Stewart, who would rather spend her time planning elaborate dinner parties, when in reality, I'm procrastinating about making my family matching t-shirts with my cricket maker. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hi, I'm Brienne, and I'm an HGTV and Hallmark Channel junkie. I currently live in Houston, Texas with my husband and three young kids. What about being
0: from the Bronx?
1: Oh, you made fun of me last time I said it, so it's to out.
0: Well, now they know Brianne's from the Bronx, the boogie. Hello, Brianne. How are you? I'm I haven't doing seen you well. in forever.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm doing well in the
0: situation that we're all
1: in. I, I think um I'm hanging in there.
0: Well, Emmanuel told Andrew today. He started coughing. He says, Andrew, now you have coronavirus. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. So they oh, are... Good for you for vocabulary. Yep. Yeah. It, it <laughs> is. And every time I tell him that we can't go somewhere, he says, why? Because of coronavirus? Because of coronavirus? <laughs> so... Yes, he, it is. He knows that the only place that we're going is to really to the grocery store, but everything else is off limits because of coronavirus. So he, he's actually doing, both boys are doing surprisingly well. How are your children faring?
1: Well, um, I called it the virus. <laughs>
0: the virus. I, I think I did that immensely for me because it
1: would make me sad when I heard the kids at the, on the playground um, at school, they were talking about coronavirus and it just sounded so scary coming from their mouth. So mm-hmm. I just called it the virus. Um, I did give my kids the name, but I, we just say the virus mm-hmm. and, um, they're doing okay. Kennedy, oh, well, Talia, um, is in her element cause she's an <laughs> introvert. So a lot of the problems that we actually have had with Talia with like tantrums and outbursts, a lot of that has disappeared. Wow. She, she's loving this. Um, Kennedy, not so much, but you know, We've started to FaceTime friends and it seems to kind of be enough for her, but I'm lucky because we live in a pretty big house. I have three kids, so they have each other. Um, and we also have a backyard that has a pool and a swing set and um, they have a creative mama. Yeah. <laughs> you know, We've been make, right now we're making a fort and so forth. So, I mean, this week I feel like it's my test week we still <laughs> went out once or twice for um groceries but we didn't bring the kids because I my kids will touch everything Though they promise not to well they actually didn't care Kennedy cared Talia was like bye um so we didn't bring the kids um we went by ourselves like one parent went out and um you know, I thought I was prepared. I, there were some things I'd forgotten because I've never done this before. <laughs> um, Michael tried to work from home and realized he needed two screens to work from home. Um, so he yeah. had to go out and do that. So, you know, I think I, I think we're doing okay, but we have a special guest today who can actually assess what we're doing.
0: Exactly. We're doing
1: yes. And can, um, tell us if we're doing okay and yeah. what we can do better,
0: so our children doing, are okay because that's what's right. really important. I mean, it's important that we're okay, but right. if our children are not okay, they're going to stress us and make us not okay. So, right, and what if, and how do we know they're not okay? Exactly. Right. How do we know? Yeah. Okay. So, so, Lisa, I'm going to allow you to introduce yourself okay. because. I would not do you justice and you know you best (laughs) so go ahead and tell our listeners about all the wonderful things that you do with
2: children well thank you ladies first of all for having me on i think this is really an important discussion um, because we're all dealing with tons of anxiety and stress because of the unknown but my name is lisa savage i'm a licensed clinical social worker um i have a practice in the state of delaware um i am very proud to say that it is the largest private practice in the country, serving children. Um, So I feel like that's quite an accomplishment. Um, Primarily before COVID closed everything down, we were school-based mental health providers. So we provided services in schools throughout Delaware um, and pretty busy because what we're finding is that children and adolescents have um, growing mental health needs. And so, um, my practice has grown to be as big as it is because the need is huge and there are not that many people out there doing um, That work with kids that want to work with children and we do and we love it So that's a little bit about my background. I live in Baltimore. Um, so I am shel- Not sheltered in place, but doing social distancing. So I haven't been to my office in, in a week um, And I don't plan on going back there. I shut my office down on Monday so we're doing all virtual mental health now. And it's actually going really quite well. Even with the children, how does that look with children for a child? Yeah, so you really have to be creative, but you can, do, you can do play therapy with kids. We use Zoom, so we can share the screen. We can show them videos about anxiety, um, behavior problems, social skills, that kind of thing. Um, so you just have to be a little bit more creative now. Young kids have short attention spans, um, so, we may work um, partly with their parents, because parents are home too, and then the other part with the child. If it's a really young kid, so kids ages two to seven, the only therapy we do with them is a specialized play therapy, which is very amenable to doing online, because it's um, it's a play therapy that the, the parent actually does. It's called parent-child interaction therapy, and um, it's very effective, in, you can do it from the comfort of people's homes. So for those younger, younger kids, that's the only therapy that we offer them just because it's so good. And then the other children um, and adolescents, of course, they love this, this medium. They, you know, they're fine with it. Um, But kids who are like in that, let that in between stage, we're just really creative. So we may be doing some bibliotherapy with them. We may be emailing them worksheets to work on that are therapy related, and then processing those when we see them um, online. Did you say bibliotherapy? Uh huh. Would mm-hmm. you explain that for our listeners? Yeah. So bibliotherapy is actually giving people um, readings to do about a specific issue. So, um, yeah, if it's you know if it's a child that's dealing with grief, well, we may say you know you can read this book. Um, depending on the child's level of development, we might break it down a little bit more, like read this page and then give them a worksheet that corresponds to that page. So um, I'm looking around my office because I have tons of books and stuff on my desk because I was pulling it out today, looking at things that I could actually send to to people that I'm working with. But it's it's a form of self-help, so to speak, but the person brings back the material that you've given them. And then we work through that in the actual session.
0: Okay.
2: So we have to be creative um, because I suspect that school is done for the rest of the school year. I, think I don't see how anybody's gonna go back to school um, until at the earliest the fall. So we had all these children and adolescents and families who are gonna need services. Um, and the continuity of their services, primarily because of COVID. I mean, the anxiety about it is extremely high. So we didn't wanna, of course, we couldn't just abandon our clients, but we wanted to make sure that we offered them um, a reasonable way of getting their mental health needs met during this hiatus, which is gonna be a long time.
1: So what are um, some things that we can do to help our children with anxiety? First of all, how do you even know your child has it?
2: Yeah, good question, and that's gonna look different based on their age and stage of development. But I'll tell you, anxiety in children, that's probably one of the most major conditions that we're dealing with, is anxiety. Um, So in younger kids, because they're not able to verbalize as as well as adolescents, you're gonna see acting out behavior, you're gonna see, They may be fearful of certain circumstances. They might not want to sleep alone in their bedroom. Um, You might see some regressive behaviors like thumb sucking, bedwetting, that kind of thing. Um, Acting out. I always um, rule out anxiety first before we call it, you know, conduct disorder, ADHD. We always rule that out. Some kids are more vulnerable to it. It may depend on family history, or it could just depend on that child's personality um, that makes that child more vulnerable. In adolescents, you're going to see a lot of anger. Um, you may see them experimenting with substances like um, drinking, smoking weed. Um, they may be avoiding school. That's a, a, a red flag. Um, when I worked in the middle school, we saw this a lot in boys. School avoidance. Wouldn't get out, wouldn't go to school. It was anxiety
1: how do you how how do you figure that out like okay like what do you do now how do you figure it out what do you do at that point so what do we do do recognize it like if your child starts bedwetting or they're refusing to do homeschool which i'm sure a lot of them will Uh you know um how do you what do you do at that point
2: so i think it's important and and particularly related to what we're dealing with this pandemic is to really just ask your kid how are you feeling and kids are going to have, younger kids are going to have a hard time putting into words the, 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 the words, I feel anxious, I feel nervous. But what I always like to ask kids is, let's draw a picture and they can do like a, um, a stick figure. Now, point to where you feel this discomfort. Tell me, tell Ms. Lisa, and a lot of times it's your belly or their head. And they'll say, say, I feel it right here. Can you color it? What color is that discomfort? And they can color it whatever color they want. Um, But if you know your child and you know um, what their natural disposition is, there's always gonna be red flags that pop out to you as a parent that says, something's not quite right. Something isn't right. Um, And so the first thing I always do is talk, talk to your kid. How are you feeling on the inside? The other thing that i i've been encouraging more and and this is kind of hard for an anxious person is it's okay to feel whatever feelings you're having it's right. okay let's put a name to it is it nervousness are you uncomfortable are you afraid um when you can and then you can say it's okay to feel that feeling it's not gonna last forever on a scale from one to ten one being you're not feeling it at all and ten it's the worst feeling ever. Where do you fall? And obviously that's gonna be for your preteens and your teens. Um, with your little ones, you're gonna want them to be able to draw it out or get a book on anxiety um, and um, help them to understand what those uncomfortable feelings are. We also use um, assessments. So there's one called um, the Spence Anxiety Scale. And that there's one for younger kids, there's one for older kids, and then there's one for parents. So I like to use those when a parent of a young kid comes in, and they're um, they're ex- expressing symptoms that seem to be anxiety. I will get the parent and the child to complete it. Now, with really young kids, you might ha- you're gonna have to read it to them. Um, and I can send you guys a copy of this P, I can send you a copy of the Spence Anxiety Scale. Okay. But when we look at what the kid reports and what the parent reports, it helps us to be able to draw the conclusion about this okay. child is experiencing anxiety. Okay. And also how severe it is, too. Okay. okay. So when you talk about coronavirus, um, even if your kid isn't talking about it, verbalizing like your kids. It sounds like they are. You want to ask your kid, "How are you feeling about this germ that's going around?" Um, and use language obviously based on their level of development. But you know, we've been talking a lot, a lot about the virus, you know, or <laughs> Corona. Um, how do you feel about it? Like, what do you think it is? And really, just try to engage them in a conversation about their thoughts. What have they heard? Um, what do they think is going to happen? The first week of us being um, on social isolation, it's kind of fun, you know, we're yeah. hanging out, doing things. But the second, third, fourth week, <laughs> it's going to start to get challenging, right? particularly parents of young kids, because you have to entertain them. <laughs> they can't have other kids around. So that's going to become really challenging. Your children will pick up on your emotions, whether or not you express them or not. So it's better to say to your kid, you know, mom's feeling a little stressed too. I'm feeling a little nervous about things, but this is how I'm going to take care of myself and model to your child self-care,
0: mm-hmm. taking
2: time home away, um, reassuring them that you're okay, I'm fine, but I need to make sure that I'm taking care of myself too. And I'm going to always take care of you and I'm going to always protect you. And this is going to get better because it is. We don't know lo- how long, but the scientists and the doctors are working on this, and this is going to get better. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to need that reassurance. If you if you tell them that you know you're you're stressed out or whatever, they're going to need to know that mom or dad's going to be okay. Like I'm just feeling you know overwhelmed. I'm feeling stressed out. I'm feeling concerned, but at the same time reassure them. But I'm going to be okay because I'm going to take care of myself.
0: Good. Cool. I have, a, I have a question, and I guess maybe if you could give a general answer, but I'm going to use a Houston-based example. Mm-hmm. So for what about for parents who realize during this that telling their children that it's going to be okay is not enough, and they do need therapy, mm-hmm. and right now everything's at a standstill, right. and one of the largest providers in our area, there's already a year-long wait list ridiculous. for- to receive therapy services and, and of course there are others but mm-hmm. the most well-known there's a long wait list are there any options that you know of virtually that mm-hmm. parents can receive services sooner yep or
2: almost immediately for children so the good news about this and, and the, for providers this is really good news is that um yesterday health and human services said to healthcare providers you can practice telemental health, telemedicine um, responsibly, but we're not constrained by uh, rules that we were previously constrained by before yesterday. So that's the good news. The other thing is that m- most, if not all, mental health professionals have moved their practices online okay, for right. the safety of themselves and the safety of, of their clients. So, that said, there are tons of mental health providers out there who wanna be helpful and can be helpful. So I um, I run a, a Facebook group of over 12, let's say, no, 10,000 um, clinicians of color across the world actually. And so I'm constantly helping them to get the word out about their services. There are a ton of them that work with kids in Houston and, and the broader tex- Texas area. So I'm more than happy to provide a list um, to your listeners. I I can get you a list of people around the country who are great if you could get that to us. I definitely will. Um, I've asked therapists on that page to put their location and their website in a spreadsheet by location. So I'm just going to send that to you, Pia. Okay. Um, but I, I feel like it's just really important to have a resource in the event you or your child needs it that you can readily access right Our practice uh we say we never have a wait list because we know that the point at which a parent or an adult is or a parent of a child or an adult is calling for services that they're ready for services that right. <laughs> they don't want to wait they
0: need it 12 months from now they need it right
2: because <laughs> in 12 months it's probably going to be better they've forgotten about it so we always have this policy no wait list we will figure out how to get these clients in and we've been really successful at doing that um so i do know a lot of other providers who are out there who are amazing skilled um therapists who work with children ages two and up
0: do you only provide school-based services or do you also provide community
2: services so we provide community-based services as well um which of course has all come to a halt um we we partnered with um in the city of Wilmington, which is um, the biggest city in Delaware, we partnered with the Boys and with them, um, I'm sorry, the Police Athletic League and a couple of other um, community agencies and also Head Start. So we put therapists, we embedded therapists in those locations as well. Okay. Because um, my practice, the, the, the way that I got started was, I knew that the children and adolescents I wanted to see would not be able to get to my office. Um, At the time that I started, Delaware's public transportation system was awful. And I was like, these kids are not gonna be able to get to me. So I knew I had to get out into the community. And so that's how I started. I started going to schools and then before I knew it, it was growing and growing and growing to now we have 47 therapists working in the practice. Um, Never was my plan, of course. I didn't have foresight to see all this, but I knew that I needed to create a practice that was going to reach children and adolescents that I wanted to see. Um, so yeah, we're we're community based. It's it's hard right now because k- people that we work with tend to be marginalized communities. So even trying to access something like Zoom, my people are struggling to figure this all out. So right. when Health and Human Services said you can use FaceTime. Um, you can use, you know, other, other means. I was like, Oh great. Cause my kids know FaceTime, <laughs> they all got an iPhone. You know, they know FaceTime. They also said you could do phone sessions too. Teenagers mm-hmm. love talking on the phone. So a, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, so when they opened that up, I was like, Oh good. That means more of the people that we work with are going to be able to still see their therapist.
1: Right. I have a question. So I, feel like someone asked me, um, so how's it going? And I said, well, I feel like this week was practice week. Next week is the real week. Yeah. And you also said this week was a fun week. You know, um, we're all excited to be here, but I mean, there's still a lot of emotions, big, we call them big emotions, big uh-huh. emotions <laughs> right. you know, The breakdowns and so forth. But how yeah. do we, like start in Monday, Mm-hmm. You know, parents are going to be back at work. Um, I'll, you know, my husband's going to be in the office. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be, or unfortunate enough <laughs> to be yeah. with my kids all day by myself. Wow. How do I start Monday off? Like, how do I, you yeah. know, start the day off and try to get out some of the big emotions mm-hmm. and feelings before we actually start, um, the mm-hmm. homeschooling session. Mm-hmm. Cause what happens is that everything is always great until mommy has an agenda. And then they're like, ah, <laughs> the big emotions. I'm like, you didn't have it when we were eating, you know, cereal. Right. What right. You <laughs> have happened on the morning walk? Right. You know, none of that happened. Right. But it's now when it's time to do, you know.
2: And <laughs>
0: loss of autonomy.
2: Right. right. Exactly. So what you do is you give that back to them and you say to them, listen, guys, we got to get through this week together. So let's look at Monday. What are we going to, have are we going to plan Monday? What time do you want to get up? Because Let's be realistic. They don't have to get up at school hour. (laughs) (laughs) So what time are you going to get up? And then what are you going to do after you get up? Get them to commit and create the schedule. That way they'll be more compliant. But build in breaks for them, build in breaks for yourself. Ask them when you're really bored, what can you do? Mm. Because I know when I was growing up, if I said I was bored, my mother would say, get a book. And I'd be like, <laughs>
1: right? That's a good one. When you're bored, what can you do? So figure it out before it actually happens.
2: Plan for it. But also, give yourself tons of grace, because guess what? <laughs> Even the best made plans are sure to have some glitches. But I'm telling people, you're doing the best that you know how. And so are your kids. They really are doing the best that they know how. Um, it's difficult. It's stressful. They've lost their 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 pattern, so to speak. They have. Yeah, they really have.
0: Their world is just turned upside down. They need yeah. that that stability that they're used to, even though they fight it every morning.
1: They need <laughs> like the bath. How they fight the bath, but once they're in the bath, they don't. They fight to get out the
2: bath. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Make sure. I mean, they could still go outside. You know, you said you have a nice backyard. Let them go out and have fun. Um, you know, obviously some learning's got to take place in there, but everything can become a learning opportunity. You, you know, so if you're cooking, you know, it's all about math, reading, you know, directions and following directions and paying attention. So, so try to integrate some of the learning experiences in the everyday things that you do.
1: Right.
2: That will help, but really engage your kids because they're old enough to say, you yeah, know, I kind of want to do this today, mom um and then plan it out and then they can have a day where they it's a free-for-all or you know half a day free for all however you guys it works for your your lifestyle um but you're right after a while it's going to become quite like draining so you don't want to put so much pressure on yourself because we're in this for the long haul this is not going to be i mean these kids are not going back to school we don't want to burn out in that first week
1: right Yep. I have a a question. Um, so the first day, like there was this online, um, schedule that went out right on Facebook. Everyone saw it. I loved it. Showed it to my kids. They loved it. Cause one of my, um, my second daughter, uh, loves schedules. My first daughter, not so much, Okay. but, um, so we, they looked at the schedule and I told them, this is just, we're going to look at the schedule. We're going to kind of follow it. We're going to be fluid with it. We're going to make some adjustments where we don't like it and, you know, make it our own. That's what we were doing last week. Um, and in the schedule it says 9am go for a family walk and the kids love the schedule. Where's the schedule? Where's the schedule? mommy? (laughs) are we doing that? So where's the schedule? And so like we go for a family walk. So 9am we start with our first family walk and we're going for the family walk. The walk started great until we, um, got to a friend's house and they wanted to knock on the door. Um, Yeah, of course. And it was a breakdown. Yeah. And I'm I don't know Mm -hmm. I didn't know what to say. Well I said, you know, we can't go because of um the coronavirus and we have to speak to the mother and um you know I have to speak to the mother first and see if it's okay for you to wave to her child at the door. And so the next house (laughs) we went and I didn't have that mother's phone number at the time. Mm-hmm. Next house coming up, I had the mother's phone number, so I text the mother, she was like, okay, but it was the saddest thing to see the two, the kids far from each other just waiting. Mm-hmm. It, it almost, it, I think, I felt like, yeah. I don't want to text anyone ever again. I don't want to see any of you ever again. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it broke our heart. It was just heartbreaking. Of course. Of course. And um, then my daughter was screaming, it's my fault. I'm the one who took Ooh. them out of school. And uh-huh. she you know, oh, well, it's not my fault. Right. And I let her cry and scream. Yep, and that's right. Mm-hmm. Walked home with a crying, screaming child that kept on saying she was going to run away to the friend's house, That I did not let her knock on the door. Because, oh, that, of course, that was the major issue. That's and, insane. um, like, how do you, what, what was I, like, I. that's all I did. I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, you know, it's okay to have big feelings. You can be upset about this, you know, but we're mm-hmm. going to have to. Continue walking
2: or... So have you talked to them about social isolation and what that means?
1: I guess I really didn't. No, you're right, I I didn't. You might wanna
2: talk to them and say, this is what social isolation is. You can even draw a picture of a stick figure. So one person's here, one person's here. And that's how far you have to stay apart and then get them to talk about why it's important. Right. how How do the germs spread to one another? How long if a person touches your hand and you don't wash your hand, how long does that germ stay on your hand and it can make you sick? That's why we create this distance. And so that might help, because it sounds like maybe she's got a little bit of anxiety. I can't diagnose her, obviously, but maybe she's got a little bit of anxiety about things not being the norm. Right. And so now she sees your friend's house and she's like, oh, you know, I want to do the normal thing. And that that might have... wasn't
1: even like a friend that we ever...
2: I his
1: daughter <laughs> I told mom I was like I guess my kid loves your kid more than I realized
2: right she, but again for your daughter at that moment it meant something
1: it did it sure oh. did <laughs> <She> <laughs> brought it up again that's how much I knew she didn't care about that kid but <laughs> right
2: so you can say you know as you're talking about what social distance means so when you see your friends on the street you're going to really want to go play with them like, when I see my friends, I really want to hug them. But I know I go, whoa, I can't can't do that. And it's not being rude. It's about keeping your friends safe, and it's about keeping you safe. So you can wave. You can FaceTime your friends. You can text them. You can write them a letter. <laughs> um, we can take it down to their house and put it in their mailbox. But you have to stay this far apart. And that's just the way it's going to be for a long time. And no, I don't like it either. And I you don't have to like
0: the it. The letter thing, right? And so common things. sense. Yeah. Yeah,
2: there you go. There you go.
0: I hear you said Pia. I said it's com. It's, it's it's so common sense. It seems
2: right. Right.
0: But we don't think, think about
2: it cuz it's you know what like it's, it's also new to us. It's very it's, new. It's new. It's going to become habitual eventually. Right. Um I was at a party last week and before the party I texted everybody and said no hugging, no touching, no handshaking. And when I saw my good friend the first thing we did was And we went to hug and then, oh yeah, that's right. We can't touch. Um, So it, you know, it's a natural instinct, but it's right now, it's just too risky. Right, because I
1: did talk to them about being separate from each other because of the germs. uh But obviously I need to talk about it more.
2: Yeah, especially with friends because they're going to miss their friends. They really are. Um, you know, the CDC is not recommending sleepovers, you know, or anything like that. And that's, that's hard, um, to take kids who are so used to being with their friends and saying, sorry, guys, you can't even go over to this person's house and no, we cannot have friends here because you really can't. It's so risky. Um, lots of things are changing for all of us. So as we navigate these waters, we're going to come across things that we didn't Expect we didn't anticipate that we're going to have to make some hard decisions about, and so are your kids. But you have to say to them, "It's my job to keep you safe, and I know you're not going to like it, but when we get through this, we're going to all be glad that we didn't get sick, and that's the important thing. And unfortunately, kids are getting this virus too. We had once thought they weren't, but they are. So it just kind of at some point, yeah." The kid, a five-year-old in D.C. has it. Um, you know, it's quite scary. So it's more important now that we just really reinforce these these new norms with our kids.
1: Right. And even have it and have that understanding with your partner
2: as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. As-
1: That's the thing. I'm like, we also have to have the discussions you're talking about having with my children. I know I have to have with my husband.
2: Yes. Because, yes. you
1: know, he was like, yes. well... We just can't tell these people we don't want to hang out with them. I'm like, yes, we can. We have to. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I want to let you know the neighbors have some. <laughs> Their family's over. We can't play with them, Michael.
0: <laughs> nice. we can't. Exactly. I know.
1: that right. This is my husband I'm talking to. Okay. <laughs> I know had conversation to the boy, Michael, but you can't go over and play with them.
2: Nope. Sorry, you can't. You can't you absolutely cannot. And, um, like, I know with my husband, he was coming in the house and not taking off his shoes and I would meet him down at the garage door and be like, "Mm -mm, you're not coming in here. Take," And you know, for a while he was like, you know, like kind of like, uh, okay, Lisa. But I was like, no sir <laughs> because I had just had the house clean and had it Clorox down I was like you're not checking any germs in here I, exactly. so it's a shift it is a it's a shift it's it's important to remind people that we care about and who we live with of the new rules because it's easy to kind of fall back into you know the comfortable state and the way we used to do things but the more we remind people, the more they're gonna remember. Oh yeah, I, I gotta wash my hands. I gotta take my shoes off. I gotta wipe down my computer. Um, so it's it's while it might seem to be a pain to have to remind another adult, um, it it actually helps.
1: <laughs> it, it, it made me realize that like we have to be a team on this.
2: Yeah. Can you imagine parents who um, they share custody of their kids, and how that can sometimes be extremely conflictual. Yeah. So So we have
1: any advice for those parents listening in the situation right now who share company.
2: It's got to be adults in the situation. And the the bottom line is it's about their kids' well-being. And so they've got to grow up and be adults and figure out how they can get along for the sake of their kids being safe. And Mm -hmm. so what happens at one house should absolutely happen at the other house. And the parents should agree on what that looks like. If they can't talk about it, put it in writing and negotiate it. But there's some things that are non-negotiable like social isolation, hand washing. Those things are not negotiable. Having friends over can't do it now. And so parents who are high conflict really have to agree that it's a matter of life or death because it is. And so if we've never agreed before, we are absolutely gonna get on the same page about this.
1: But there are people who are not on the same page about this. Some people still believe that it's because there's certain age, group that it's okay. I mean, you see news articles about teenagers at the beach or, or yeah. um, I'd say young adults at the beach in
2: Florida. i believe articles of people my age and
0: older, though, that right. have callous, cavalier
2: attitudes about right. it. Right. Right. I know- well yeah absolutely the same way so
1: if Um, your partner is like this or your ex partner is like this um what are some tips do you have any tips for those parents
2: i mean it's really hard and the last thing that you want to do and it probably would be impossible is really get the courts involved you don't you really want to avoid that but if you feel like your ex partner or your even current partner um but particularly your ex partner is doing things that are dangerous you're gonna have to say I- I'm gonna have to seek legal remedy for this. That's not gonna be easy because most courthouses have scaled back significantly. Right. Um, so, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not sure what the right answer is for that. Other than to say we really have got to talk about this. Like, you know, I, I'm willing to negotiate X, Y, and Z, but when it comes to the safety of our children. We've got to get on one accord Um, because it is a matter of life or death. I don't know if if child protective services will probably get involved under a circumstance like this. Um, If one parent is not social distancing and having, you know, relatives over and and not social isolating, I'm believing that because it's life or death, um, that child protective services would get involved. Nobody wants to go that route. Nobody wants to go to court. It, it would not be easy. So it would behoove people who are in these circumstances to start talking about it right now if they haven't already done so. And really get an understanding that this isn't just... Um... The other thing they can do, actually, now that I think about it, is go back and look at the CDC guidelines so that it's in black and white. And, right. so, and this is what it says. So that it's not one person... Yes over the other. This is what it says in black and white, Um, and be able to share that and talk about it. Um, And hopefully you have two rational people who are able to do that because the other options are just unpleasant. So I'm hoping that people who are listening, who may be in a high conflict parental situation, will really kind of like say, you know what, I'm not going to do this to my child and my children. Good. I hope so too. Yeah. Her, I
1: mean, yeah. th- as the days go on people are now starting to see it more and more
2: yeah yeah there's a family there's a there's a woman who is in one of my facebook groups she's a therapist and she's lost i think she's lost three family members and th- the others are like critically ill you might have seen it on the news they're in new jersey is that like, the
0: family of seven yes Who's seven. oh yes
2: that's her family and so when you start to hear stories like that if that doesn't smack of reality, like okay, I need to change my behavior, that's scary to me. No, that is. people would still go, oh, this is not serious. But you have a family of seven, and three have already died, and the others, the other four, are in critical condition. How awful is that? It's terrible. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, yeah. But I do know people who are in denial about this. I don't even understand that myself. They think it's a hoax um and so i just don't interact with them. i just say you know what <laughs> i can't i'm gonna protect myself you do what you you do you
1: <laughs> i mean that's that's so true because i did have a few friends who were like that at least at the beginning of the week as the week went on
0: they changed you've been kind of forceful on facebook you've oh, been kind of forceful on facebook who me yeah yes <laughs>
1: good for you people well, do have family in asia so i saw this coming like, a lot earlier than most yeah. um, people yeah. saw it coming. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of confusion um, at the beginning about this illness. And um, so we're not the only country, Western Europe made the same mistake and they're you know, feeling it now, but, we're still, but they're still, we're still ahead of them in the sense that it has, it's not as big here yet. you know. Right. Well, and we've, we've had time, had time to make the, these um, steps that they weren't able to make because they didn't know um so yeah but i had to for my own mental health Mm -hmm. not look at those people's facebook page Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. contact them or engage in a conversation with them because it it was draining it was draining and it was also upsetting to me because then i was like i want to go to a restaurant too how can i not care that much because i'm stuck Mm -hmm. here with my kids i want to go out too sure i went through i want to say like one day i went through moments of um like it's like seven stages of like, uh, <laughs> yeah, it started, off, it started off really weird because it started off with acceptance, like, oh, this is going to be okay. Then yeah. I'm like, it's not okay. Right. And then I was just like, hey, why am I not at the restaurant with <laughs> Right. And I was like, that's so, you know, uh, that's irresponsible. How can I say that? How can I think that? Mm-hmm. And then um, this was one for me. I was like, you know what? I think I've had it already. <laughs> so I was like, I think I've had coronavirus. I was like, I, I must have thought it was allergies, but I had the corona.
0: You know, I think it? Emmanuel had it.
2: I life. think my sister had it. I
1: like, I I th- it I'm had it, am cured. I'm gonna
2: exactly. go out and have your
1: body. And then I was and then I thought to myself, you know what? I think I'm stressed. I, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna recognize this is not okay thinking. Um and I'm, I'm going to recognize, I'm going to own that. And then that's when I told my husband, I said, before you go upstairs to work, because um, we have this office set up in our attic, uh-huh. before you go upstairs to work, I'm going to need a half an hour alone outside my house, not putting on a music video of me exercising without my children. I'm like, I'm going to have to start running. I don't like to run, but I'm going to have to start. <laughs> Run away from them, whatever the case Or I like ride my bike. I'm gonna have to do something for
0: myself before yeah. the day starts. Absolutely. And, and when he comes home too, right? Walks in the yeah. door, you need to walk out. Right. I, I when he walks in the door, you need to walk out. Yes. You need to go do your afternoon. My work, time. Afternoon oh, my afternoon wine. time.
1: Yeah, but my afternoon time could be wine and watching. Like there you go. <laughs> the morning time needs to be exactly. The morning time needs to be energy. You know, I need to get the energy in so I can deal with the kids. And right. The afternoon time is wind down.
2: <laughs> wind down. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, the other night I woke up. It was the middle of the night, and I woke up and I was sweating. I was like, "Oh my god, I got a fever!" But then I realized it was seventy degrees in my room. I was hot. I was under my comfort. But I was like, "Oh my God!" And then I realized, you know, obviously, you're just hot. Like you're just hot. You're
1: just hot. But, right. Exactly. All these, you know, all these emotions we're dealing with. We gotta yeah. realize our kids. Yeah. We can't pretend that they're not dealing with it. Yeah. No. But so, I, I, any advice on how to deal with like the anger coming from them?
0: Yes. Give us in closing words. Tell us how to work through the anger that our children might have.
2: It is not personal. It is not personal. You no. are the easiest target for them to deposit their anger now it can't be abusive you, they can't say abusive things to you right um but you can say i know you are angry right now okay what are we going to do about your anger kiddo how are we going to manage your anger what are we gonna, how do you what do you need to do right now what do you need right now your feelings are okay you cannot say hurtful things to mommy but your feelings are okay so what are we going to do to help you to get through this moment? Because it's only going to be a moment, but it is not personal. So if your kids are kind of hurling it at you, remember, this is not about me. This is about the circumstances. Right. So, you the tools. so I'm definitely going to send you guys a list. I think I promised you something else too, but I can't. Counselors. Right. The counselors and the spits. Um, Oh, the, the Spence Anxiety Scale. Yes. I will get those to you, Pia. I'll send them to you tonight. Perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. My pleasure. I enjoyed this ladies.
0: Thank you. Oh, for, you so helpful. So Good. much t- time from your schedule because I know you're busy, um, but I'm just going to have to put this plug in there. I think Lisa is one of, she has the biggest heart. If you ever, when anything has ever gone on in the world, She's the first person I see that's wanting to do and give and reach out. And when you made the comment about wanting to help children who are marginalized, I'm like, that is so you. And I'm so glad that I know you and I have you in my circle because the world needs more people
2: like you. Thank you. Likewise, Pia. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate it, ladies. All right. Have a great night, you all. Okay. Y'all do the same. Bye-bye. Good night. Bye.
0: The podcast is over, but that does not mean that the conversation has to end. Connect with Brianne and I on Instagram at MommyWhereisMyshoe. Or you may email us at podcast at com. We also have a website, so check it out. ww.mommywhereismyshoe dot com. Before you go, do us a favor. If you like mommy where is my shoe the podcast, please rate us in your app. And if you don't like it, email us at podcast at mommy, whereismyshoe.com and tell us why. Either way, thank you for the feedback. Goodbye.